You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, over the weekend, tennis star superstar Serena Williams lost the final match of the U.S. Open after a dispute with the umpire that cost her points and a game. Serena used stern language with the umpire and cracked her tennis racket on the ground out of frustration. Her reaction wasn't out of the realm of professional sports, but it cost her a Grand Slam title. This is just weeks after Serena was publicly ridiculed by tennis officials in France for wearing a bodysuit on the court. And just yesterday, a cartoonist from an Australian newspaper drew a really, really offensive caricature of Serena as a hulking, fat-lipped, angry brute of a woman stomping in rage alongside her competitor, a Japanese-Haitian tennis player who was depicted as a white, lithe, blonde woman. The treatment of Serena in recent weeks reminds us not only of the pressure that top-performing athletes face, but also the expectations our society places on black women and places on their behavior. Think of the rules that you think kind of attend being a black woman uh, in America, lest you be the object of very intense criticism from the media and others. Uh, there is a long, long history of that in this country. And what we saw with Serena Williams over the weekend is a reminder that that is not just history. It is the present. That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today. Uh, and we want to welcome two people who've thought a lot about this issue to the conversation. David Dennis is a senior culture editor at Interactive One and has written often over the years on the intersection of race and gender. He had an article published yesterday that was titled Serena Williams, Cardi B, and a Weekend of Telling Black Women How to Behave. David Dennis, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, thanks for having me again. Yes. Uh, and also with us is Kim Trent, a Detroit-based writer and communications consultant. She also sits on the Wayne State Board of Governors. Kim, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, always great to see you. Uh, David, I want to start with the, the, the article you wrote yesterday as a great headline, uh, but I want to read just a little bit of what you wrote. You said, overall, this uh, may seem like inconsequential complaining about two women who weren't really affected in the grand scheme of things. Cardi B was chided a bit on social media, but she won't lose any endorsements or face any charges. And Serena will live to play and win another major tennis tournament. But there's a bigger issue. The way we treat black women and try to dictate how they should behave is literally a matter of life and death. Look at Sandra Bland, for instance. She was pulled over by police for allegedly failing to signal a lane change. And as dash cams recorded, she started to question the officer about the traffic stop. Bland was stating her case and calming, demanding answers. However, the officer found her tone of voice threatening and arrested her. She was found dead in her jail cell three days later. Uh, David, uh, as I said in the open, there's a long history of this double standard that applies to black women and their behavior in this country. But one of the things that I think is very interesting about it or, or uh, curious about it is the way the, these two dynamics intersect, right? Is it about race? Is it about gender? And how do you sort of, I guess, uh, suss out the distinction there? Is it that they are African-American? Is it that they are women? Uh, is there some combination of those two that creates its own dynamic uh, that results in these things? 
Yeah, so it's sort of the intersection of the the worst of how society treats people. Um, black women, unfortunately, get the worst of how society treats African Americans and the worst of how um, society treats women. I mean, mm. black women, um, Serena is, I mean, is, you know, a millionaire. She sports royalty. She is, um, you know, somebody who was revered across the world. But when she expresses herself, when she shows passion, when she shows you know, sports spirit that we see every Sunday on in the NFL and every day in basketball and every day in baseball. When she shows that, we see what happens. We see that she's seen as threatening by the um, the umpire. And I think the actual literal ruling was that he was um, she was threatening him or you know, um, or verbally abusive or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we see that she's ridiculed in cartoons. We see that you know she does not get to be the type of athlete that we celebrate you know what and if it were anybody else we would see what she did as somebody who was passionate as somebody who cares i mean we look at tom brady he screams at his own teammates mm-hmm. on the sideline mm-hmm. and it's just this fiery spirit you know um even within the same sport john McEnroe has gotten commercials and endorsements <laughs> for screaming and yelling at the side judge mm-hmm. and, and you know serena will not get that there will be no Serena Williams Nike commercial, um, you know, about uh, this weekend and her screaming. So instead, she's getting the very worst. She's getting, you know, com- uh, cartoons and racial archetypes. Um, she's getting people telling her how to act. And she lost, um, uh, you know, a chance at a championship. Yeah, yeah, she did. Uh, Kim Trent, I want to get you to react to some of what uh, David Dennis wrote yesterday as well. Uh, He said, this is why the tropes of, quote, angry or bitter black women are more than jokes. They're deadly. This is what happens when we feel like black women need to fall in line. When we ask for them to go high when everyone else goes low. When we want them to subdue their brilliance so as not to seem intimidating. When we ask them to win without appearing too confident and lose without looking too disappointed. To defend their children without being too angry and to cover their bodies so as not to appear too desired. The boxes constructed for black women are too tiny for any human to live in without suffocation. So David can't see me right now, but I'm snapping (laughs) my fingers. I'm nodding my head. He is dead right. Um, You know, I just remember so vividly when Sandra Bland lost her life and how it made me feel. Because the video, if you remember the video, it started with the officer saying, well, you don't seem like you're happy. Mm -hmm. Who's happy when they get a a traffic ticket (laughs) or they get put over by the police? That is not a rational emotion that you should expect from anyone. But there is this expectation for black women to be supernatural almost. And, you know, we we need to be ultra calm um, in times when other people express frustration. Mm -hmm. We need to be... Um, you know, any anything other than that, we're this black angry woman, angry black woman trope that you know was dogging Serena this weekend, which was, I cannot, and, you know, the thing that's so ironic about it is, I get so angry <laughs> when I see like that that cartoon from yesterday was so infuriating yeah. and so um, you know, Jim Crow era, just lack of nuance, lack of any kind of attempt to. Um, and that wasn't satire. That was just out and out racism. Which is mean. Yeah. Right. Um, and it really makes me become the angry black woman. <laughs> I don't want to be the angry <laughs> black woman. Now you're the stereotype. Now, right now, yeah. So now I'm living down to the stereotype. But it's it's just, um, it's really difficult to know how to be yeah. when you're a black woman in this culture. Because as was mentioned, 
you know, we are facing that double burden of both racism and sexism, mm-hmm. plus classism runs through. Because even if we are middle class and have a solid kind of financial foundation, our community has such need and we feel such a burden to address that need. Yeah. And so we always, a lot of times, we prioritize ourselves less. So some of the burden that we're carrying are, is kind of self-inflicted yeah. um, because we are expected to carry the race, to carry the gender. I mean, we're the ones who saved the day in Alabama. You know, <laughs> right. um, we're the ones who saved, who attempted to save the day in 2016. We weren't successful, mm-hmm. but, and it is exhausting. You yeah. know, someone just wrote an excellent column I read the other day about how exhausting it is to be a black woman in this culture. So, so we're talking about Serena Williams, who's a very famous, very successful athlete, somebody mm-hmm. who's gotten the attention she has, both positive and negative, because she is famous. Uh, but but Kim, I, I want you to talk a little about what it's like just to be an ordinary black woman, mm-hmm. somebody who's not on television, right. somebody who's not going to be uh, the object of social media ridicule because maybe uh, people don't know who, who, who they are. Um, how does this play out in that sort of daily existence? Well, I mean, I think that the... the one of the great frustrations of living, you know, life in, in the body of a black woman is um, kind of the intra-racial kind of oppression that we hmm. we experience. You know, as you know, I work I'm very diligently on this effort to raise money for rape kits that didn't get yes. processed in Detroit. Yes. And so, you know, you have to deal with some really tough issues like the brutalization of black women by black men. And I think that because um, black women have been kind of socialized to push all of our um all of our needs Mm -hmm. all of our humanity in some ways kind of down so that we can um lift other folks up um has made us it it has weakened us you know it it has made us less able to to cope and so um the ways that although actually black women there have been studies that show that we actually are probably some of the most resilient people mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. earth, but you know, we are also human beings. Yeah. And I, I just think that everything you saw this weekend that, that David wrote about in his piece um, just strips away. I mean, hip hop, what is more confrontational as an art form <laughs> right. than hip hop? That's the whole basis of the genre. Sure. And so, I mean, and certainly I'm not saying that people should show, throw shoes at each other. You know, that's not really the way that adults should behave. But let's not act like that's outside of the scope of how hip hop artists have behaved. But for some reason, when black women um, engage in that level of confrontation, then, you know, it, it's kind of a, a mark on all of black um, female humanity. Yeah. And I think that that's the, the danger and what we, we have to we experience every day yeah. as black women. Uh, uh, David Dennis, I wonder if you could talk some about the distinction uh, between the expectations that are placed on black women Oh, I think maybe we lost uh, David there. We'll try to get. Are you still there, David? Uh, we'll try to get David back uh, on the on the air. Uh, but uh, but I was going to talk to him about uh, this distinction between being a black man and being a black woman. This idea that uh, that that racism, of course, affects. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone who's African American, but the difference between the two, I think, is something that that not everybody understands or can really put their finger on. Well, I mean, I think that 
the oppression of black men, the consequences of it are a lot more visible, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. because we have this, um, you know, kind of almost birth to prison pipeline mm-hmm. and where, where you see um, black men being over over incarcerated. All the black women are over incarcerated as well. Sure. Um, but when you see, um, you know, a lot of the the lack of work that exists for black men, I mean, you know, I think it's just more, a, a lot more visible. And because black women um, tend to be socialized to be more resilient in some cases, um, it, there there is this tension that exists where there's almost a um, kind of jealousy, I think, sometimes where um, black men struggle with appreciating how difficult it is to be a black woman. There's almost like this, you know, oppression Olympics. You know, like who is right? Yeah, like who's who is more oppressed, black men or black women? Well, we're we're all oppressed, mm-hmm. and we and are from, all in struggling ways. in different ways. And and I think that there's this undercutting of sexism as a um, as a tool of oppression. Um, it's seen as a you know, there's been this narrative that that's a white woman's issue. Mm-hmm. So it's not. <laughs> I mean, black women face sexism the same from both kinds of white men yeah. and black men and all you know and so this idea that um you know so i think that that's something that we have we have experienced that is very difficult even to this day for us to have conversations about i think yeah. we it you know because it a lot of times just devolves into these stereotypes that we have about each other yeah uh david dennis i think we have you back on the line yeah. uh so i, I want to talk a little about cardi b with you she was called ghetto all over the internet for this fight that she had over the weekend. And that term itself uh, is often associated with black women, right? I mean, I I, I can't think really of, um, you know, other instances where you would hear somebody called ghetto for uh, for their behavior. Yeah, no, she, um, you know, Cardi B, um, was called ghetto for having uh, a fight, which uh, is a staple of hip hop. I mean, fighting is just part of the culture you have. It's competitive. People disagree. People don't get along. They go places. They fight. But when Cardi B and Nicki Minaj had that issue, there was an idea of it being quote unquote ghetto and this bringing um, sort of a negative aspect that's particularly black into a white space. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially a lot of times what we talk about ghetto is how we as black people especially black women how we act how black women act amongst themselves Mm -hmm. in front of white people right Mm -hmm. there is no ghetto without the white gaze a lot of times Mm -hmm. and so that is a burden that is generally put upon black women um generally for being black women you know Mm -hmm. it's just really a way to label black women for being you know who they are or being their natural selves that is negative um and and we saw a lot of that this weekend just from her and Nicki Minaj's altercation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it also speaks to, you know, when we talk about the black woman experience, how classism plays into it, too, because ghetto, who who right. writes the narrative for what ghetto represents? What is that? I mean, right. so when when you hear someone um, saying a black woman who is worth, I'm sure, multiple millions of dollars mm-hmm. and probably has not lived in a low income community in quite some time as ghetto. Ghetto is not a place of state of mind, but it's a state of mind that other people have created yes. and have defined. Yes. And so I think that that's when we, when we say that the black woman experience, you know, being a, a black woman in the society 
that class is such a major issue. I mean, it's it's an external issue, too. Yes, yes. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are David Dennis, a senior culture editor at Interactive One, and Kim Trent, Detroit-based writer and communications consultant. She sits on the Wayne State Board of Governors. We're talking about Serena Williams' a very tumultuous weekend at the U.S. Open, the argument she got in with an umpire there, the reaction to that argument uh, all around the globe, the criticism that she has faced. Uh, it fits into the context of the expectations that are put on black women with regard to their behavior. How should they behave? How should they dress? How should they comport themselves in public. Uh, these are all things that are long-standing tropes in our society, and Serena Williams found herself uh, on the bitter end of it this weekend. If you want to join the conversation, tell us about what you believe uh, was going on with uh, uh, Serena Williams at the, US, uh, at the U.S. Open. Was that fair, the way she was treated? Uh, is it fair the way she's being discussed and depicted in the wake of that argument that she had with an umpire. How about Kamala Harris in the U.S. Senate? Uh, we haven't talked mm. about that yet, but uh, last week she was criticized pretty harshly for the way that she questioned Brett Kavanaugh during his U.S. Supreme Court confirmation hearings. That's not criticism we heard leveled at her male counterparts. Mm -hmm. uh, is this another example of what we're talking about? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's go to Beverly. Beverly is driving on I-96. Welcome to Detroit Today, Beverly. Hi. Hi. Uh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm just calling for a very narrow, specific comment um, to, as to what happened to Serena Williams this weekend. It was definitely sexist and I'm sure in part racist. But I just wanted to say as a 52-year-old white female, um, you know, your guest, Ms. Trent, was speaking how African-American women are put into a supernatural box. And I found when she was stating that white women are in that same box and we have to smile when we don't feel like smiling, smiling. As you said, when we defend our children, if we, if we spout back, uh, I'm an attorney. So I've been asked why my husband would marry me. You would never ask a man that mm. we are expected to act in particular situations that no one else would act in. And as you said, when a police officer pulls us over, why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you crying? And you would never ask that of a man. Hmm. It's, it's unbelievable. And I never realized until you pointed out the fact that ghetto is definitely a word really addressed only to women. And the white woman equivalent of that is trashy. She's hmm. trashy. Hmm. You would never say that about a man. And no, no, no one, man or woman, would ever state that John McEnroe threw a fit. But Serena right. Williams? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how it was it. described, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a baby, like a little girl, like a toddler. Yeah. It wasn't a fit. There was money at stake. <laughs> right, right. right. She had every right to be angry about what was happening. Beverly, I really appreciate the call and the comments. You know, uh, one of the things that Beverly said there, I think, uh, and what she's getting at, is the commonality that exists among all women, mm -hmm. right, who face these these kinds of things. And I think... What she's expressing is 
sort of her surprise that uh, that there is that 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 same sort of sense of of things. Uh, obviously, Beverly wouldn't know what it's like to face uh, the the racism that that attends mm-hmm. uh, the sexism that that Serena Williams uh, is experiencing. But I think she's making a very important point, which is some of this is just about gender. Right. Well, I mean, I think that that's important to to um, unpack, and I think that uh, what we have to be mindful of, though. Uh, while it may be true that when white women are pulled over, they're asked to smile and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that many cases of white women ending up dead because right. they didn't smile. Right. Or right. white, you know, and again, again, I don't want to engage in a kind of oppression Olympics mm-hmm. because certainly sexism, sexism is something that all women have experienced and continue to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's very important for us uh, and one thing that I think is is has been sorely lacking, and I had actually had a con- had the opportunity to have a conversation earlier this year with Gloria Steinem about this, is this cross racial mm-hmm. kind of discussion about feminism or womanism or however you want to you know name it, um, and how you know these different dimensions, this intersectionality, this you know race, gender, class, um, sexual orientation, how those things play. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to discount white women because certainly they do experience that. Sure. I, I just think we um, as women, as all kinds of women need to sit down and have those discussions and we need more white allies yeah. for the for the struggle that, that women of color have. I mean, I think that there is the, a sense, particularly among black women, that white feminists don't hear us and they yeah. don't understand. Our, and I'm, you know, I'm very happy that your, your caller um, called to kind of express this, this sense of, um, um, compassion for yeah. us or or you know right uh, but i think that or for you know shared experience i think that that's there's some truth to that but i think that we also have to be um, honest about the way that be it's able not to true talk about the distinctions yeah absolutely uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to continue our conversation about serena williams and what it means to be a black woman in america stay with us and stay with us on the phones 313-577-1019 is the number we'll be right back with more detroit today You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for joining us. My guests are David Dennis, a senior culture editor at Interactive One, written often over the years on the intersection of race and gender. As an article yesterday titled, Serena Williams, Cardi B, and a Weekend of Telling Black Women How to Behave. Also with us is Kim Trent. She is a Detroit-based writer and communications consultant. She sits on the Wayne State Board of Governors. Uh, We are talking about Serena Williams and Cardi B, Kamala Harris, uh, all black women being criticized for the way that they conduct themselves in public. There is a long history, of course, in this country of expectations being put on black women to behave a certain way, to say certain things a certain way, to not say some things or not to wear some things uh, because uh, other parts of our culture don't want to see them or hear them uh, in the way that they want to be. Uh, as always, the number on the phone is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Fran in Redford. Fran, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Hey, how are you? Okay, I was listening, uh, and uh, I have to agree with uh, most of the panel uh, that uh, 
Serena Williams is being targeted. Uh, I believe that uh, this is an ongoing situation throughout her career. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, you know, she was accused of cheating with her sister when they did uh, a match against each other. I don't right. remember that. I do. Uh, you know, she is routinely drug tested. She is drug tested mm-hmm. more than her uh, professional uh, counterparts. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, she has been accused of, you know, taking steroids. Uh, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they go, they go after her because of her outfits. They don't like, you know, her uh, very stylish and over top, over top presentation. But that's that's her personality. That's who she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I believe this is uh, strategic to a degree. I think they're. They want to dethrone the champ because if they do this and promote younger players, that is more profitable for the industry. They can make more money off of these younger girls. There are more more, uh, commercial endorsements for the younger players. And the broader picture is they want her out. Hmm. Fran, I I really appreciate uh, the call and the comments. David Dennis, uh, you write quite a bit about sports uh, talk about the phenomenon of serena williams i mean in the world of tennis uh, she is a very different player uh, and personality than people are used to seeing and throughout her career we've seen this reaction to her i mean what happened over the weekend obviously was kind of an apex of that but uh, this is not new when it comes to how people see her and how people talk about her yeah, so she's fought about against this, um, you know, two decades now. I mean, this is, um, you know, this weekend was sort of the culmination of all of these events. I, you know, I thought about, um, as the caller mentioned, I thought about the 2001 um, U.S. Open final with Venus and Serena, which was this big monumental moment to sisters in the final, and it was basically tarnished by the media because uh, Serena lost at a double fault at the end. And the idea was that the father rigged the match and that the two didn't like to compete against each other. Right. They were, they were, you know, fixing the, the, um, the matches, which is essentially, you know, similar to what happened this weekend, the idea that she was cheating, right? Mm-hmm. That there's mm-hmm. something that, that they're getting an unfair advantage. And so Serena has gotten this throughout the entirety of her mm-hmm. career. There was idea that she was not passionate enough about the sport that, you know, because she was doing other endeavors and in, in getting endorsements. There's an idea, remember an article a couple of years ago about the other women in the um, in tennis choose not to be as muscular as Serena. So, they, so you know, they like to look a certain way, and that's how she wins. So she has dealt with this, you know, from the beginning. And, you know, it, I, it's time for her, you know, she is allowed to have these moments. And, I, you know, to push back on the caller a little bit, the idea that other – um, younger players are going to bring more money into tennis. I'm not sure that we will ever see anybody um, in tennis or any individual sport besides Tiger and Serena who are able to make tennis such a mainstream phenomenon in this sure. country. I mean, yeah. we, you know, tennis has shown that they are willing to take the monetary and popularity hit as long as they can preserve the white women who are in the top of the sport. Hmm. Because Serena is an athlete. I mean, in my opinion, she's the greatest athlete that I've ever seen in my life and maybe the greatest mm-hmm. athlete up there with Muhammad Ali in terms of pure dominance of a sport, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we're not going to see anything like that um, anytime soon. I think we will, 
you know, I mean, that's, that's wishful thinking. But I don't think tennis minds as long as they can put um, their idea of what they think a women's tennis star should look like sure. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, thanks for the call and the comments, Fran. Let's go to Phyllis and Warren. Phyllis, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, good morning, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I was concerned about was a reference to Vita, or Serena having millions of dollars. There isn't a woman athlete around who has millions of dollars. I don't think they get paid what men get paid, hmm. and especially if they are black, I can see that there would be very little in the cup hmm. when it's offered to them. Yeah, um, Phyllis, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that, but I don't know, uh, David Dennis. That seems like something you might be able to answer. I mean, Serena Williams, as far as I know, has done pretty well financially. Yeah, is that right? she's doing. She's doing good. I mean, she's. Uh, <laughs> She's definitely in in the millions. I yeah. mean, and, and she has you know the very lucrative Nike deal um, that she has on top of the the money she's earned. I think she got you know maybe close to a million just this weekend for mm-hmm. um, for the second place. The, uh, and in tennis, do male athletes make more than female athletes? Uh, are, are the the prizes uh, still disparate in that sport? Um, I believe the the men for you know how they place in tournaments mm-hmm. um, make more um, for for winning tournaments. But I'm I would if I were, if we're going to combine all the endorsement money and all the stuff and getting Serena's win, right? I'm not sure who in tennis would be making more than her. Maybe Federer, um, but I'm not I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, according to our producer. Uh, Serena did make $180 million last year, so yeah. she's not hurting. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, okay. But, I mean, yeah, she's ahead, paid, Kim. she's earned that money because, you know, as has been mentioned earlier, I mean, this is a woman who was criti- or has been um, objectified, objectified and criticized for having a quote-unquote masculine body, but then also criticized for devolving into what people view as like a feminine response yeah. to um you know, the kind of anger that anybody would feel if they feel like they're being cheated out of, you know, in, in, um, out of a win, you know, as she, you know, felt this weekend. And as John McEnroe, yeah. no one has ever accused him of, you know, engaging in feminine behavior because he yelled at the, you know, so sure. it's, you know, it, you cannot win. I mean, yeah. there's just, there's this um, serene. And I think that for those of us who are regular, just, you know, everyday black women, she's such a pinnacle for us, you know, people like her and Michelle Obama. And when we see them, them get torn down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, over it says things what that could are happen so to you, right. right. I mean, then you know you don't have a chance. I mean, right. you have someone who is an absolute, uh, probably the greatest athlete of her generation, yeah. and there does seem to be this undercurrent of we don't want her to win. I right. mean, I don't think that there's a, a an organ. I'm not sure that I believe that there's right. necessarily a conspiracy because <laughs> I do think she's good for kids or yeah. for tennis. Yeah. She's selling tickets, right. but I do think that but she there gets is pushed down a lot. Right. Well, there's yeah. this this perception that she's cheating. There's yeah. this perception that she has some kind of you know animalistic yeah. body structure yeah. that right. she didn't earn or something. You right. know, all of these things that she's had to that has that have dogged her her entire yeah. career. Okay, David Dennis, uh, senior culture editor at Interactive One, Kim Trent, Detroit-based writer and communications consultant, member of the Wayne State Board of Governors. Thank you very much for joining us here on Detroit today. I should correct also, Serena Williams is worth 180 million dollars. She didn't make it in one year, but still, that's not doing too bad. Uh, thank you both for being here on Detroit today. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.